you've got to be agreeing, though, that it's been quite a year for uh, Tennis SA, the board member in Dambira Valley. Yeah, powerhouse of a human being, I guess, of immense proportions in local sports. Well, Ndambi's grabbed the headlines a lot in recent times, all having to do with her Sascog election snub. Uh, we saw Sascog acting president Barry Hendricks uh, suspended over that elections controversy a couple of days ago. And Dambi is back in the spotlight today as Tennis South Africa have decided to review her conduct and that of fellow Tennis South Africa board member Gavin Crooks in regards to the Sascog nomination dispute. Now let's uh, get a bit more clarity here. We, we touched on it very briefly yesterday. Uh, but we couldn't get into the meat of the story. We've got the CEO of Tennis South Africa, um, who is on the line, Richard Glover. Thank you so much for your time. Good evening. Good evening, Robert. Thanks for asking. Wait. That line doesn't sound too healthy, Richard. Hello, Robert. Yeah. Let, let me put you quickly on hold. Let's try and see if we can't straighten things out with regards to that line. It's not going to give us much... Um, uh, yeah, it's not going to be very helpful for us. So let's uh, try to get that. Maybe quickly play a promo, uh, intercept that. Looking forward to Bradley Connell, who's going to be coming up later on on our, on our Legends feature. Uh, so let me try Richard again quickly. I do believe we've tried to switch lines uh, so we can get as much clarity as possible. Richard, thanks, and welcome to Marawa Sports Worldwide. Thanks, Robert. It's good to be here. The decision that's been taken here is one with the immediate effect, would I imagine. Yes, that's correct. Yes, the, the process has commenced. And what's led to this? What are the details around it? Look, well, I think uh, you have to ask, uh, I, I guess you're asking why is there a review process that TSA correct. has started? Yeah. And I, I, think, I think the general public in South Africa rightly criticizes sports federations for not taking governance seriously. And I think TSA are demonstrating that we are taking governance seriously. And I think if you look at our memorandum of incorporation, I think if you look at the Company Laws Act of, of the Republic of South Africa, if you look at the National Sports and Recreation Act and amendments there too, TSA is actually duty-bound when these sorts of disputes arise, particularly between board members, to review the matter and follow a process, and that's exactly what we're doing. So when you say duty-bound, duty-bound, like somebody who's listening right now, Richard, and saying, but what, what is the dispute? All we know is that Ndambi was unhappy with the processes that led uh, to her being snubbed as far as the position at Sanskog is concerned. Yes, she's a board member with Tennis SA, but it's not, it's not a new thing. This has been ongoing for a while. Yeah, so the Tennis South Africa review is, is separate to the SASCOC arbitration matter. And really what the T Tennis South Africa review is looking at is the con conduct of both board members in the context of their responsibilities as TSA board members and, the co and, their con and in the context of their responsibilities to, the, to TSA as an organization. And look, I think our, our Risk and Ethics Committee have always wanted to review this matter. I think it's been, it's been delayed for obvious reasons by the COVID-19 crisis that's obviously engulfed us in the last five weeks or so. And I think the, the TSA Risk and Ethics Committee reviewed the matter and, and they felt that they needed to make a recommendation to the board based on, as I said, those, those legal acts that I spoke about earlier that mm. we have to, from a moral and legal perspective, review this. One would be tempted to ask, you, you touched and you said it's a separate one from the review that's happening on the other side, uh, but one would almost see it as running a parallel process with SASCOG and their arbitration. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a fair question, and I think that's a, a question that does need to be clarified. I mean, I think if, if you look at the National Sports and Recreation Act, it's very, very clear that Tennis South Africa is obligated to review this matter internally. So it, there's obviously a legal basis from which we're going. And, and we, as I said, we do believe that the two processes are different. What exactly, I know it sounds redundant, but what exactly is it that you're reviewing? So we are, we're basically reviewing the conduct of both board members in the context of this matter, specifically in terms of their fiduciary duties to the Tennis South Africa board and, and Tennis South Africa. Have they stepped out of line? I think that's probably for the um, for this independent committee that's being set up to really evaluate. Look, I mean, I think it's it's a bit of a tricky one for me because I certainly don't want to say anything that might be perceived as prejudicing the TSA yeah. review because I don't think that would be fair to either board member. And I mean, I must say that I have respect for both board members and want to ensure that throughout this process, both are treated fairly. No, for sure. It, and I think the reason why I ask is that there would seem to be some form of wrongdoing for anybody to then want to put a review process in place, especially if you're going to be uh, getting independent people to come in and do the work. You don't do it blanketly where nobody has stepped out of line, nobody has done wrong. And then you start to say, can we look at X and Y? Then you're going to come to zero. It's going to be back to normal. So there would have been something here, Richard, that I'm trying to say would have been done out of line and out of what you'd expect TSA board members to do. Look, I think it's it's a tricky one because it's always dangerous to try and get ahead of this process. And I think people are certainly entitled to have an opinion on this process. But what I would suggest is that any judgments be made after the review and not before it. I mean, as I said, we are legally and morally bound um, because there is a dispute between board members and because this dispute is in the public domain, we are legally and morally bound by our memorandum of incorporation and different legislation that we do have to conduct a review. Mm. And... Am, am I right in saying that the, the, the complaint was received, I think, well, one of the complaints was received in February uh, this year? Yes, that's my understanding. That's correct. Yeah. Now it is, what, April, towards the end of April. Why the decision to take so long to get it under investigation? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair question. As I said earlier, COVID-19 has, has really impacted on us, so... Um, I don't know if you can remember that far back, but on March the 12th, we were actually, as a federation, we were directly impacted by COVID-19 in terms of we had an ATP men's challenger event and an ITF women's event cancelled midway through. So we've been engulfed by COVID-19 since since March the 12th. So that's obviously delayed matters. Um, it's obviously COVID-19 has also led to the cancellation of of board meetings, which is which has made it also problematic from a governance perspective. There's also been, I think, some some practical aspects to this as well, in that the Risk and Ethics Committee wanted to ensure they had as much information, as much documentation, as much correspondence as possible to review and apply their minds to before making a recommendation, and that's obviously taken a bit of time. But we obviously like to ensure that this process now is 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 dealt with urgently but at the same time balances fairness and objectivity and and is fair to all parties 
But are you disappointed in the amount of time taken? And I do hear what you're saying regarding COVID-19, which has really engulfed a lot of people worldwide. But at the same time, there have always been alternatives. There's been alternatives of doing Skype or Zoom calls. There have been alternatives of we do lockdown radio away from a studio. I haven't seen a studio since the beginning of March. Um, but the radio show continues across the two radio stations. There's always a plan, especially if something is perceived to be urgent. Yeah, no, no, I think that's a fair point. And I think when we, 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 we look to review as an organization how we've handled that, I think that's a valid criticism. But I, I, look, I would say that COVID-19 has had a massive impact on everyone and every business. And really, from our perspective, when it hits, we have to take a step back and look and, and see how we actually ensure the survival of the federation over a, over a five, six, seven month period. And that's no small task, as you can imagine. 100%. The Advocates Report, when did you get that? Uh, we have received it from Saskatch, I think, officially this week, if I'm not mistaken. You, you, you're saying this week, Richard? Yes, we officially received it from Saskatch this week. And what did you draw upon receiving it, or upon reading, scrutinizing, perusing over it? Look, I mean, I think once again, that's a very difficult question for me to answer because I can't prejudice this, this review process. But what I would say is that the independent subcommittee is going to consider all aspects of this matter, um, including all correspondence and documents. And that report will obviously be, cons- be considered by this independent committee. Is it quite a lengthy advocate's report that you got this week? Um, I think it is, yes. If you had to rate it, what, what, what reading does it give you? Does it give you a reading of a concerned CEO? I think all this whole matter concerns me as a CEO. So I think that's one aspect. I think there's a lot of documents and a lot of correspondence that, that has to concern us. And, and that's why we've obviously have decided to commission this independent committee. I'm looking here at Twitter. David M. Seleka says that you can't review the conduct of a person declaring a dispute. It's a right, and you can't be punished for uh, pursuing a right. So what if the dispute's resolution is in favor of the person declaring a dispute? Will they review it? I mean, that's a very good question. I mean, I think that's a, that's a really a question that needs to be dealt with by the independent subcommittee. I think the other, the other thing to, to, to maybe to add, Robert, is that we've obviously been in written communication, both both SASCOC and the ministry, and neither has raised any objections to the process we're following. And they've actually been fairly supportive of, of the process that we are following. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think we, we also know the ministry, they've been in, in, in favor of, individuals as well that are part and parcel of this so whether the objectivity is something that we can take seriously is also subject to debate yeah sure i mean i think if i was listening to this i'd be asking myself maybe four or five questions question one is this review justified question two would it be is it fair question three will it be comprehensive question four is it professional and probably question five is it independent and i i believe I believe, based on, on the analysis that we've done, that we can answer yes to all five questions. I mean, this independent committee of, of, of three people is in the process of being finalized. And I believe once it's announced, people will be impressed with the caliber, the strength of character, and the independence of the members. So the three independent members have not been finalized yet? They're in the process of being finalized at the moment. So I would hope we would be in a position to make an announcement about who they are next week. 
so do you have one, two, three, or none of the above? Um, we're in the process of talking to all three and engaging with all three. So uh, as I said, I'm hoping we can make an announcement next week. Which sector of life are they involved in? Are they involved in sport, politics, religion, or a crossbreed of all of those? I think the one criteria in terms of the members is that one member has to have senior legal experience. And then we're obviously looking to have, as I said, people of a very high caliber, business people, um, people with strength of character, and people critically independent who won't easily be influenced. What's it going to cost? Um, at this stage, we're engaging with people on a pro bono basis. So at this stage, we're not forecasting there to be a massive expense around this matter. And how long do you foresee it taking? Look, I, I think uh, uh, I wouldn't, I'd be adverse to giving a specific date because that puts us into a corner. But what I would say is that we want to balance urgency with comprehensiveness and fairness. I think it's in everyone's best interest that this matter doesn't drag on. But I'm hoping in the next week or two we can give much more clarity on a timeline and a time frame. Who are we trying at this stage with the review process? We, we, we're protecting who? We're protecting SASCOG, we're protecting Tennis SA, we're protecting sport generally. I think it's good governance. So I think we, we're protecting the integrity of Tennis South Africa. Where's the breach? I don't, look, I don't think anyone has, has passed judgment on anyone at, at the stage. But as I said, from mm. a legal and moral perspective, we're duty-bound to, to basically review this matter. And look, I mean, I think there's obviously people in the media who've said this is an investigation, um, and we're saying this is a review, and, and maybe, maybe it's semantics. But I think words are important because they do signal an intent. And for me, an investigation is quite harsh and quite confrontational, and there's a presumption of guilt. That's just my opinion. Whereas mm. for me, as a review is a professional and independent process of evaluating a dispute between board members in a fair and balanced way. And that's really what our intention is to do. Mm. I suppose they would call it an investigation because one of the criteria of one of the three members who are independent is that they should be senior legal in terms of experience. So that alone says that it is hugely going to be a legal issue. Yeah, sure. And as I said, because of our memorandum of incorporation, because of company law, because of the National Sports and Recreation Act, I think you do need someone who can review this in the context of that. And so you do need someone with senior legal experience. What are you hoping to achieve when all of this is settled, though, Richard? At the end of the day, you, you, you head up uh, Tennis SA, um, a, a body that we all see as you know, pretty independent, to see it as a body that has, in the past, been a steady ship. What do you hope to achieve at the end of this? Look, I mean, I, th I think this, is, this has been a, a very difficult thing because I think we're obviously talking about human beings here. We're, not, mm. we're talking about people with hopes and dreams and, and fears and worries, and I don't think that should be forgotten through this process. And as I said, both board members, I have huge respect for both board members. And, but I think f from our perspective, from a Tennis South Africa perspective, we do believe we have good governance structures in place, um, and we believe we, ha we are demonstrating that through this, through this process. And as I said, we're not looking to pass judgments on anyone at this stage, but we think it is good governance to conduct this review. I know that, I don't know if it's both, but I know that Ndambi Ravel has been reportedly uh, stepped aside to allow this arbitration uh, process to happen uh, as far as the investigation is concerned. Uh, do you think a, a right decision has been taken between herself as well as Gavin Crooks? 
So yeah, so both both board members were asked to take a leave of absence, um, and neither has raised an objection about taking a leave of absence. And we just think uh, it's appropriate conduct to ensure that this process operates fairly. As I said, we want this to be fair, we want this to be comprehensive, we want it to be professional, and we want it to be independent. How open to the public will it be? Or will it be something where we get to hear about it at the end of a procedure and a report is handed out? Look, I mean, I, th- I think we've, we've tried to be quite transparent and accessible in terms of how we're doing this, in terms of engaging with you, in terms of engaging with other media platforms. So we'd like to be transparent through this process. Um, but there's, there's obviously rules and regulations in terms of what you can and can't do. So what I am very happy to do is, is come on the show again and update you with, in terms of where we are throughout this process. All right. Certainly do appreciate that, though, Richard. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining us on Marawa Sports Worldwide. Enjoy the weekend and keep safe. Likewise. Thanks, Robert. Thank you very much. All right. Tennis SA, CEO Richard Lover, uh, joining us right here on the line. Uh, you, you'll give us your thoughts about that. Um, yo, I've got so many questions that <laughs> keep running through as far as that issue is concerned. Ah. But, yeah, that is, that is the nature of where we are. But we'll keep a very, very, very close eye uh, as far as that investigation, review, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we'll keep tabs with regards to it. There's, there's certainly a lot uh, that is left pretty unclear.